Mm. We are live. Yeah. Hey. Yay. Hi, Welcome everybody. to season five, episode one of Live Lunch. We started a, a new season really quickly because we had a shorter teaching series at the start of the new year called Hearing mm. God. And we're now in a new teaching series called Paradox. Though we're thinking maybe we should change the name to Stereotype. Stereotype, yeah, yeah, that's a good name, but yeah. New live, uh, literally yeah. all Except the, you would need to be female. All the humour. So when Megan gets back, she can... Megan gets back, she can see on the pink side. We're still, Megan, without you, look at what's happening. We've, yeah. we've gone pink and we re- blue. reverted to... Literally d- all the humour Barbie and Action Man. Pink, around the pink and blue has there been... I don't know whether we can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's, that's as deep as we go in our complementarianism. We have Barbie and Action Doll. Barbie and Action Man. Yeah, so anyway. this is... Us saying we are complementary. Yeah. We've got a pink and blue. We're not we being serious. Just a pink that is not serious. That is not a serious point. Wall. Don't get confused. <laughs> uh, you know how you always talk to me about, or you always tell me about food and. Uh, if you're on Instagram, this is the third time this has happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, how are you, you're watching a diet, not only really eat too much carbs. Mm. So I didn't order any rice or noodles with our pad thai. I just got. Meat just meat and vegetables and sauce. So we've got the ultimate Atkins lunch. Who? No it's, probably, it's probably on me, right? I've got nuts in here. I just assume that when you order pad thai, it comes with rice and noodles. This oh. is just literally sauce and meat, and there's no. I've got cashews. That, that's carb, isn't it? Mm. Is it's it? very tasty. Right. Yeah. Oh, and mushrooms are they carbs? I don't know. It's food. It's edible. But this mm. is your first appearance on live lunch. This year, we haven't seen a drop in our viewers, so we have <laughs> all five have stuck around. Way. Thank you. Well done. What have you been up to this year? Why have you not been on live lunch? Your flock are expecting to be fed. Um, and you have not been around. I've been, um, I've been all over the world seeking this hat. See, this isn't my hat. This is Johan's hat. We swapped just now. You may have noticed because I want. I, <laughs> I want this hat. It's my. It's my ambition. It is a big part of my uh, inner inner craving. There's a yearning deep within that, to have this this very hat. But Johan's got it, so mm. I keep borrowing it, and then he keeps taking it back. But, um, but even worse, my wife has promised to make you one. She and has. She hasn't delivered. She's made that. So promise now we've to me. gone live yeah. to the world, mm-hmm. saying we're still waiting, Amy. Yeah, let's Joel's hold her to waiting. ransom. Let's, Joel's still waiting. Let's do that. That sort of public manipulation. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, you're toying with my emotions, Amy. When you say that you're going to get me this hat or make me this hat and then it doesn't happen, mm. you need to know that's leaving a huge hole in my life. Mm. It's, it's a big deal. And it, it, could, it could turn sour. It could turn pretty toxic. That, that sense of dissatisfaction. I could lash out any moment on air. With her husband. With, with your husband. I could take him away. Yeah, uh, I've got a fork here. People who have, could pe- turn nasty. People who've never met my wife is like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> Why do they want Johan's wife to make Joel a hat? Is, she, is this some sweat factory that she, Johan runs somewhere? <laughs> yeah, she does make the exceedingly good hats, mm. and and um, it's probably it's unique. I mean, it's not just a, a it's not it looks it's cooler than it looks, which is usually the other way around with hats, isn't it? It's it, it's even it's just the, the the texture everything about the wall. I think this is from from goats that particularly kind of. Somebody said it makes your beard look more orange. My my it brings out my, my the texture of my 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 um, pigments. Mm. Everything about this hat is is right and uh, yeah. I, although actually the one I asked Amy to do one for me in a blue. Yeah. What, what kind of blue was it? 
I think you chose navy blue, but she said, navy it, blue? she said the color was much richer than what it looked like on the picture. It, Is that right? Yeah. Wow, even rich. Oh well, mm. you know, I'm, I'm just that just makes the, the sense of expectation. It even took grow. me four years of constantly <laughs> badgering Amy to get this hat. Oh okay, you've only had like four weeks. Oh boy, so. no, no, it's been longer than that, but but that's fine. No, there's, there's no more pressure on Amy. Amy, we love you. you we love you, hat or not. Um, mm. Just just if you're not going to get it for me, I need to get one from somewhere else. Um, so let me know. But but um, but but that's cool. Five minutes into live lunch, people are tuning in, tuning out. I don't know what's going on. Let's let's no. get in, let's get into the breach. Isn't this why they tune in? To hear you talk about hats. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been. You asked me what I've been doing. I've been I've been <laughs> in various places. Mm. You've been in various places. You've done youth culture, which was at the mm. O2 in the army. That was brilliant. You did a thing at the O2. Such a good Isn't that cool? Oh, concert. Such a good good and concert. You know, mm-hmm. This week, guess who was at the O2 Indigo? Um, Elvis. Close. The Elvis of our day. I, I'm massively exaggerating. He's not the Elvis, the Elvis of, our day. of our day. He's not the Elvis of our day. I just said Maybe that. Maybe Elvis of your day. Elvis of my day is still Elvis. It's not. It's not. Elvis okay, of the Elvis day. of our day. Kanye. No, close. Um, okay, let's dig deeper. Um, Ed Sheeran. Who, no. No, I'm sorry I bigger. mentioned him. Bigger than Ed. Mm. Global. I'm bigger than Ed. Mm. Um, I don't know. Justin Bieber. Justin. Justin Bieber was at in the which part? Indigo. Not in the Indigo. On the stage that you were on, not preaching. Not the Indigo. Justin Bieber. He was preaching. He, he wasn't preaching. Well, he may have mm. been, I don't know. But he, he dropped a, a, like a little, one of those intimate gigs that they do before they launch their okay. albums. And David Beckham was it. So it was on, David Beckham was on it. So it was on his Instagram stories. Bieber and Beckham. Yeah. Well, at the O2 like Indigo. A, that sounds like a good, good duo. In the backstage room that he probably used. That's what Justin Bieber was. I hope that they bad. felt the impact. They probably will. I like hope as they walked Shekinah. around, they just sensed something's happened here. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. So yeah, this is where, where, where I, where I go. The way. Youth culture you know, was great. Mm-hmm. People um, follow my wake. Church plants. Have mm. you have you been travelling? Have you been seeing any of our friends abroad? Not this year, actually. I've not really? been overseas this year. I don't think. Where have you been? Good question. <laughs> London. Yeah, okay. London. Yeah. So the guys in Emmanuel, London. Uh, in Greenwich and uh, New Cross, and uh, big shout out to those people. We had Stu Gibbs on the show. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. So I've been there a lot. That's where I've been most away to. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've been visiting the the plants. I've, I've done Amsterdam, Berlin. Yeah, you've been around Belfast, Krakow. Oh, damn. I've loved it. It's just so so exciting. Yep. Totting up yeah, the air miles. Being with yeah, <laughs> being with uh, being with people who. Oh, on the same mission as we are. Mm. Um, we, we, I was traveling because we were putting together our, our annual gift day yes. for the Church Plants videos, which will be shown this Sunday. So Excellent. The video oh, will be dropped be cr- this I, Sunday. I haven't seen it yet. I no, need you to, haven't. I got, so maybe it won't be shown this Sunday. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I might look at it and think, no, you can't show that. Um, yeah, so we've got... It's got, it's it's, got it's inappropriate just, things in it. It's got inappropriately beautiful things in it, oh, which good. the five want to see. Yes. Um, yeah, so... Mm. Looking forward to to hearing stories about people who are doing doing crazy things. Yeah. Um, selling up houses, businesses, leaving kids, well, mm. old enough kids behind, mm. uh, and mm. just going into different cities and saying we want to see Jesus. Amen. Um, glorified in these cities yeah, and, and yeah. churches built, and just increasingly, it was quite fascinating. I think this is probably you know, just looking back at the video. I, I saw the video. About 15 minutes before coming into the show. Yes. Uh, and just, uh, just reminded me of just that whole sense of family. When you walk into a church room 
a church hall or church building or a venue in Berlin on a Sunday morning and you know you're, you feel like you're at, you're at home straight away. Yeah. And the way somebody came up to me and said, hey, are you the guy from Live Lunch? like, yes, you're one of the five. <laughs> wow. Can I have a selfie with you? Excellent. That oh, was me, not us. So did they do a special handshake? No, they were just, I was, I was, I was in awe. Yeah. More than them being in awe. I was like, oh, I have a friend. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So you but, joined their cult. Yeah, I did. Good. Um, yeah, I think it's just, just being a part of, of a family is, is wonderful. And you, you go into like coffee shops in, in Krakow uh, and it's like being in a coffee shop in Brighton. It's yeah. People yeah. looking the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. People with, with rainbow bags and it was just, yeah. it was just remarkable. Like, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm in a city that I'm, I'm immediately comfortable because I'm I'm used to this in mind. I'm used to yeah, this, yeah. The sort of vibe. The world that uh, is getting smaller. Mm. Yeah. You, do you have any international travel plan? Um, I'm trying. Do you know I, I'm fuzzy in my memory. I'm sure that there's some things planned. In oh, we're going to France next month. Yeah, yeah. So there's some things that need that, that are in the diary. But uh, I'm actually one. You know, I'm the world's worst at knowing what's happening in the near future. I, I have a I'm not, I, so my diary has to be kind of, you know, I have a, a um, yeah, I know some, I'm going, I'm going some places sometime mm. soon. So that's about as much information as you'll get out of me. Great. Um, mm. And then back home, mm. we've had one of our sites, so the Marina site, the site that I go to, is now coming back. The new, what are your thoughts on that? Just, just tell us. You've, you've done the bit up front on the camera to the masses. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. This is just you and me and the yeah, five. That's right. And that's tell right. us <laughs> so how are you yeah. feeling about this whole thing. So we get what are some things you can look forward to pray about? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I think um, with with multi-site, uh, we're still on a journey all the time, and we have to keep learning as we go. I wish, I wish I had a textbook kind of. Or, or a kind of roadmap that would tell us exactly what to do when and how to how to make every decision exactly the right one. And I think we've 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 been really helped uh, by some very wise practitioners and spared some dumb decisions that we would have made and and I think mistakes we would have made. Um, but we've got to make um, our own journey as well, and, and that means that occasionally we will start things and then we'll say, oh hold on, let's just pull that back in and let's start it properly later, or let's start it over here instead and. I think that um, bringing a site back into the, the, the site that it was sent out of um, and sending it out again later is, is probably the kind of thing we should be a little bit more used to and a bit more comfortable with and more ready for because I, I think it's part of us living out the, the value that, that, that everything changes except the gospel. We've, um, we've got to be ready to alter the methodologies mm. but never change the the actual mission and the actual values. Um, and so moving locations and changing situations, wineskins, if you like, you know, those structures that are necessary, but they're, they're not eternal. Mm. It's like scaffolding, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, you, you, you want to be able to put scaffolding up and put it down again mm. in a hurry because, uh, and I think sites, you've got to treat sites a little bit like that. Um, uh, although uh, not being um, insensitive about the, the genuine um, change that that brings about, and I think people in the Marina site are just legends. Mm. They, they they are looking at one. Yeah, mm. yeah. It, they, <laughs> so I mean, an amazing, genuinely superb, mature bunch who are just handling the 
the the transition superbly. So I'm I'm really grateful actually. I think we're we're in a good place. Long term, we need to restart sites. Or we need to launch out again into the east part of the city. Mm. Um, so we'll do that. But it's I think for the time being to draw back in um, while we get the venue solution that we need and start properly out in the east again. Um, that's What's what the thing do. you would say to the person who's moved who's moving from the Marina side back to New England, saying this is the one exciting thing you've got to look forward to in this move back to well, New England? I, I guess I, perhaps the main thing I'd say is your gifts, um, what you bring to the church, the part of the body that you, the member of the body that you are, play that part mm. where, wherever you are. You come right into the New England site and stay focused, stay um, pumping with mm. your gifts, with your the, the things that God's given you, the part gives God's given you to play um, because we we need every gift we need it and and actually that's kind of one of the things that's nice for, I don't want to get because uh, we're going to send people out again but it's I, I got to say it's nice it's a nice prospect because the people that are in the marina site and are coming into the New England site are people with real gifting mm, and, and extraordinary like, people extraordinary yeah, I mean yeah. real remarkable magic people yeah magical magical people some even of them you couldn't even write up about they're just amazing yeah big long beards and pointy hats mm. amazing people and yeah, sticks, wands, and stuff. Wands, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's not true. I'm exaggerating, <laughs> uh, but they're excellent. Yeah. So I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm encouraged. I would say just get, get, get right in. Play your part. You're going to love it. Whoa! Just kick the microphone over. Um, yeah, that's. I could say more, but that would be mm. the main thing. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. I think. And we like you. You know, New England site likes. It's just you. a fun bunch of people. We've loved being at the site for the past 18 months. Yes. So almost two years, and just love the people. It's such a good bunch of people. Yeah. Um, not saying anybody else isn't a good bunch of people, but they're just exceptionally good bunch of people. Mm. And I, I don't think they're just going to serve New England by coming back in. I think they'll impact the whole church in their presence yeah. in New England and just seeing strong men and women come alongside and That's it. Everything is being, it's good. Be brilliant. Um, wow, we've already, already halfway in and we haven't even touched on the preach. I love this preach and I highly, highly, highly recommend if you haven't had a chance to listen to the preach, listen to the preach. It's very, very encouraging personally i felt uplifted as i listened to it again this morning uh and just it's spoken to multiple situations mm. that that I've, I've been that are ongoing in my life and it's so fascinating you know how you said uh, uh for some some people would actually be literally in jail you, you did kind of you, maybe as a joke or a throw throwaway mm. comment but last week my dad sent my dad who is in india and involved with the a church planting movement in India and they mm. go to, to rural areas and yeah. villages. And he sent me a picture of him with, with these 11 or 12 guys uh, saying these are 11 or 12 pastors from a village in in India, some rural village in India who've been in jail for 11 years yeah. because they were wrongly accused of inciting religious riots. And only two months ago, they, they were released. Oh my goodness. It's, it's extraordinary. So, I mean, in the West, we're so far detached from being wrongfully imprisoned. But in other parts, there are Christian brothers and sisters who are probably some of them still in jail yeah. for yeah. for reasons which we will never understand. And yeah, so, so I sent my my mom and dad the link saying we need we need to, to know this stuff, don't we? We just mm. we're just out of touch. This is that's the real church out there in India. Yeah, yeah, we're just like the bubbles on the surface compared to those people. Mm. Amazing, amazing. Um, sorry, go on. yeah, no, no, sorry, you you go on. So I guess no, you go on. <laughs> so some questions um, that that we would have. You spoke about um, 
if we park the whole people being in literal jail because you know we're praying for those men and women and yeah. God bless them and and obviously we want them to be we want justice but we also want God's peace in that situation and, and the deep knowledge so like Bonhoeffer and he was in jail for a long period of time wrote his book yeah. and so, so much good that can come out of mm. what we think are horrible situations mm. but but as you said we we our our criteria for judging what's what's good and bad and what's valuable and not so valuable it, it's probably very different from from God's criteria and when we get to heaven we'll be blown away by the honor that certain men and women receive yeah. i love yeah. it it's so good yeah uh, anyway so going back in so me who's who's not quite detached from the whole being in jail situation sometimes you could feel like your you've got godly prayers that uh, or godly hopes or mm. godly ambition mm. even if it's for your neighbors to be saved or mm. family members loved ones to be healed mm. and just feeling like it's not happening i expected god to do these things and i expected to see his kingdom come in this way yeah. but it's it's not happened um and you said like very much keep looking to jesus and keep looking to to the knowledge that he he went into a much darker deeper dungeon mm. than you're in at the moment what would you say to people like, how, how really should you what seems like hey but this is this should be a godly prayer this should be a godly ambition and yet it's not being fulfilled i feel like i'm in the I'm in a bad place what would you say to me i suppose it, the the um the the comment that jesus makes is is in that in that story when he's talking about john's um question in prison is uh blessed are those who are not offended by me um and i think that suffering especially suffering that is unjust when you you've uh so it looks like a, a, a sort of it looks like a, a random chance unfair outcome mm. that's that's um hurt you badly and it, it, it therefore seems that you've been let down. Mm. I think that's an opportunity for a deep sense of of offense um um and a sense that you know that being offended that, that being hurt being dealt a bad hand or whatever can become the final authority in our lives. It it becomes the sort of sovereign are they overriding reality is uh, i've 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 been offended mm. um and we used to um the concept of people taking easy offense in our culture um and it gets talked about quite often um in a kind of very sensitive um context of of, of identity politics and mm. people taking offense at comments and and um responding in, in an angry way maybe on social media lots of kind of shaming and mm. attacking and so on lots of kind of um virtue signaling which is built around the idea of i'm i'm offended by x y and z mm. but that mustn't that that's true that's a real there is a lot of stupid offense taking no mm. question there's also genuine more legit mm. reasons for people to be deeply perplexed mm. and and just offended and to the point where I I can't I don't know whether you're really the one that you say you are Jesus so are you the one that we should be trusting or should we really look for somebody else and and I think the the answer to to the question can't be any there's no better answer than 
to see Jesus more truly and, mm. and to, to have our, our understanding kind of reshaped completely by the reality of, of Jesus' real goodness and love towards us. And we need that. We need so much to be more gripped by that, more grasped by that than we are by how, our... How do you go about doing that? How do you get more gripped and grasped with the reality that, that Jesus is Lord? I, I think it is, um, it's the standard things, it's time um, with him, time um, thanking him, remembering what he's done, time reflecting on, on, on who he is, looking at scripture, but hungrily looking at scripture saying, God, please open my eyes mm. to see your goodness to, and, and to, to, to see your goodness in such a way that I'm set free from my mm. perspective. And I see a true perspective. And it's time. It, it, I think it's intention of the heart. It's saying, God, I, I want to have my eyes open. I want revelation of this. Mm. I think you know, practically that's, that's, that's essential. I think it's making time. If ever we feel like there's a, an offense coming into our heart, which we often do, you know, I, I, this, is no, this is no theory, is it? This is very practical reality. I could say that for myself. The, the temptation to take offence and be offended with God. I, I guess I need to take that to a brother quickly. You know, take it to a brother or a sister. Take it to someone and just be honest and ultimately take it to Jesus, which is what John does. So John is mm. effectively models it mm. for us. He, he gets the message, he gets the question to Jesus. Mm. That this is what I'm thinking. I don't know if you are who I thought you were mm. and I, I need to know. That's a good. That's a good example. Mm. If John did that, then I can. Mm. I can say, God, I don't get this, and bring it to him. Mm. And so much prayer in the Bible is is shaped like that. Mm. It's the psalmist saying, uh, "How long, O Lord? Why will you leave me forever?" Crying out of a sense of desolation, but bringing oneself round to a place mm. of confidence, and and that's that's absolutely the right way to go with it. I guess the other question would be if if you're in that situation where whatever that jail-like situation looks for you is it seems to be a long drawn-out thing and it's yeah. not something that has this, an answer immediately mm. at what point do you sometimes we could cop out and say oh I don't think th- I think it's God's will for me to be in this situation and there's mm. so, so do I just rest in it do I just stop and and just worship God and neglect the situation that I'm in or do I really need to press through in prayer in this situation and, and just battle this out in prayer um, do you have any tips on how do you you make the decision? Do you get, do you get my question? I do, yeah. I, I think um, it's, it's a mystery in the sense that there's no textbook answer to that. I think we learn it by doing it. We learn the answer by, by bringing it to God. Um, we, you see, like I say, you see that with John. You see him bringing his, his complaint. Mm. And the Bible has way more in it in terms of bringing our complaint to the Lord than probably most present day Western Christians would be expecting, comfortable with, um, used to. Mm. Um, We're probably a little more quickly satisfied with uh, a a sort of a bumper sticker answer, you know, a fridge magnet answer, you know, a kind of, well, you know, God's working it all together for good. And that's, you know, of course, you know, Mm. that's not wrong, but, but I think our... We're invited to do more with it than simply to reassure ourselves with that. 
Yeah. We, we, were, we were invited to bring our lament, bring our, bring our, our, our complaint to him. Um, that's, that's an appropriate. And, and maybe in some cases we get to the point where it's like Paul finds in 2 Corinthians 12, the Lord says to him, my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Mm. And Paul feels like there's a point he's reached where God has specifically said to him, I'm not going to give you the answer you're looking for on this one. And so Paul seems to be saying, I've finished praying for that. I guess. He says, I prayed three times for the thorn to be taken. Mm. Um, maybe he carried on praying. Maybe he prayed a fourth time. Or if it, doesn't, it doesn't say he's never going to again. But you feel like there's a certain kind of completion in it. Mm. He feels like... But, but here's the thing. I, I think whatever Paul, whatever Paul has heard from God in terms of not praying anymore... He definitely didn't give up that easily. He, he came back a second time, a third time. And I'm sure that means he prayed earnestly and you know, he gave a lot of time. And I guess that's, the, that's the, probably the, the more likely challenge for people like me and, and, and people in our kind of church mm. where we would think, well, I've prayed about it and God didn't answer my prayer, so I'm, I'm assuming that nothing's mm. going to change. Mm. Whereas I think Paul would be like, how did you pray about it? How, how many times? What, what was the way you prayed? And maybe there's like more persistence that, mm. that, that uh, would be worth giving to it. As a church pastor, you probably, um, you, you might find that one of the ways in which people take offense in church is people coming to the table with, with their agenda. So, sometimes good mm. agenda. Mm. Mm. Um, saying, I really feel a burden for this. Why aren't you doing anything about this? Or I feel God's called me to, to preach or to lead worship or to have my own little ministry. Um and you've not acknowledged it or you've not given me that space. Um, you know, how do you maneuver around these things um, whilst acknowledging actually there could be some, some amount of truth in, in those situations? Or, yeah, how would you maneuver around people taking offense within church? And, and I guess indirectly they could be saying, yes, I'm offended with you, but maybe I'm also offended with Jesus. And why isn't he allowed this to happen? Yeah. Why isn't he allowed my ministry or my, the thing that, I'm really, that I really care, seem to care about happened? Um, fruitfully, I, I guess there may be a, a, a way of seeing beneath the surface and seeing this person's not offended with me; they're offended with God, and then you, it's a different kind of issue. It's that you, there needs to be some um, some some changing of perspective and some maybe some repentance of like I, I've I've seen you all wrong, I've misunderstood you, and I've 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 brought you down to my level, Lord. And I'm sorry, and there, there can be some heart work that needs to be to be done in some cases like that. I think in reality, many people who are unnecessarily offended because they, they, they feel limited or shut down or, 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 or they feel what's in their heart is being ignored or, or, or by, by people in the church. Um, they, they, there's all kinds of things might be going on. Maybe, in fact, they haven't been shut down. It may be that, that the issue is that they're waiting for the church to do something that they should do themselves. There's no one stopping them. Um, and uh, so some might say, well, I'm offended that the church isn't doing X. And, and the answer sometimes is, well, well, yeah. well you better do it then. Mm. You know, there's no, no one stopping you. You just do it. Then the church will be doing X because mm. you're, you're part of the church. Mm. Um, and that's, that's a um, legit response very often. But when it, it goes down deep into a sense of, you know, why, why am I not being um, recognized? I think... I think um, I think there's there's often a need for people to to 
uh, de- just look more carefully at what what's the emo- what's going on under the surface there. What what is the emotion that's involved? Maybe there's a kind of a uh, sense of being um, ignored, a sense of just being not taken seriously. Maybe a sense of loss. Maybe a sense of things being that they felt entitled to. I think you can grow up thinking that you're going to get to do amazing things. And when you don't do those amazing things, what you can feel overwhelmingly is a sense of having been overlooked and let down. And you don't quite realise it at first. And some of the anger that you feel, you've not processed it enough to realise, ah, the reason I'm angry is that it's not really their fault. It's not I'm angry and I'm really angry with so-and-so. You stop and turn it around and look at yourself and think, no, I'm not angry with them. I'm, I'm, I'm deeply disappointed. And I, I need to say, God, you, you're enough for me. And you're, you, uh, knowing you and being close to you ha- has got to become my sufficiency. And, and, and uh, I've got to trust you. I've got to trust in your wisdom and your timing and your, your ways uh, to bring me to fruitfulness. And some, sometimes, looking back for me personally, I've been surprised how, how much I've, I've, I've built a sense of entitlement and, and I've, I've had to sort of stop and say, where did that come from? Why did I assume that I would get to do and be all these things? I'd get, I, where? Where did that come from? And I've had to say, God, I'm sorry. I, this, this, this isn't mine to have. It's just, it's... I need to be just your God and I'm your creature. I'm just, I trust you. And, and, uh, and it's actually very releasing in the end. It sounds a little dark when you feel like oh, I'm being limited, humbled and brought down. It's nothing dark about it. It's wonderful because it's God's way of um, giving you what's truly valuable, mm. which is much better than um, what we sometimes think will be so fulfilling in ministry. Mm. Yeah. It's him, isn't it? It's just the gift of him. Yeah, yeah. And I think God's determined to help us learn that. And mm. I don't mean that, that, that he doesn't in, mm. encourage, inspire us with good ambition. Mm. That's, in, that's a big thing, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, on another occasion. Those are, that's just as good a desire, but it can obviously become an idol as well. Mm. I guess in closing, if, if somebody's just watching this thing, I'm, I'm offended about something, or I'm, I'm, I'm grieving about something, I'm just I'm upset, I feel like. I'm in jail. What would your pastors, what would you as their pastor tell them? Huh, all of the above. I, I think. Watch the uh, preach. Watch this video all over yeah, again. Well, I, um, yeah. I, I, I would say, I, I guess one of the things that, the ver- one of the verses that keeps coming back to me well, for years, uh, for has done for years, and recently again, is in, in Jeremiah. Uh, chapter 2 where, where God says have, have I been to you a desert he says that to his people have I been to you a wilderness um, and it's uh, I, I find that a very powerful verse because it's it's, it's God's um, poking you know, prodding, probing our uh, our expectations of life saying what, 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 what do you think of me do you really think that do, am I disappointing to you Am I a desert to you? Are you disappointed with me? Um, I think God. T- the key thing is that God does take us through deserts. He does. He deliberately, you know, that's just all over the Bible. I'm not going to really get to know God unless I let him take me through the desert. That's going to happen. But the, the, my problem is that I often, in the journey through the desert, I start to equate him with the desert mm. because it takes so long to go through it. I start thinking, oh, that's what God is. He's the desert. 
Um, and it's a, a key thing is to distinguish the things. Whatever God brings you through is not the same thing as God. He might take you through a time where you feel desolate, you feel forgotten, you feel abandoned. These, these things are the opposite of God. He's not going to abandon you. He's not, he's, not des- he's not dishonoring you. He doesn't forget you. He's the, he's the, that's exactly the opposite of what he does because Christ himself was abandoned and in that sense forgotten. Um, and so I, I think watch for, the, watch for the way that the, the desert lies to you. You know, this, the wilderness is a place of lies, like we know from how Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. It's, it's, you get a lot of lies and, and they're, very, they're very powerful. They, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, we wouldn't be warned about them if they weren't convincing and they're very convincing, but they're still lies. Um, so we need to make up our minds about is he is he a desert or is he is he the one about whom it says at your right hand are pleasures forevermore and I've got to settle in my heart does he mean to please and bless me or does he mean to starve me mm-hmm. um, and he just we've got to decide that we've got to just in our heart decide I know what he's like I know he's good and and be persuaded of it brilliant wow what a great close to the show um, thanks so much for joining us it's great to have you back. Good we to be here. Carry on with our paradox stereotype, no, paradox series, and we look forward to seeing you next week. See you.